Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson, and today I'm joined by Bloomberg Government Senior Congressional Reporter Nancy Ognanovich and also Bloomberg Law Senior Legal Editor Patrick Gregory, who's been following judicial confirmations for us. Welcome both of you guys to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, before we get into um, some specific judicial confirmation fights, let's get a lay of the land first. Um, back in December, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders had this to say about the Trump administration's progress in this area. And uh, just to note that all of today's audio clips are from C-SPAN. We've reshaped the American judiciary for generations. Justice Gorsuch was confirmed to the Supreme Court, and 22 judges have been confirmed, including a record-setting 12 circuit judges. So, Patrick, how does the Trump administration stack up to other administrations uh, in its first nearly two years on the job? Well, that's a timely question because with the confirmation of Andrew Oldham to the Fifth Circuit yesterday, Trump actually broke a record for a president in the first two years of his term by having 23 of his appellate nominees confirmed. The previous record was held by George W. Bush with 22. Barack Obama had 16. George W. Bush had 17. And Clinton had 19. Hmm. And those are just circuit court judges, right? We've we've also seen a number of district court judges confirmed to the federal bench, right? Right. Lots of those also. There are many vacancies remain. So, Nancy, judicial nominations have really been one of the biggest victories of the Trump administration so far, and it doesn't really seem like things are going to slow down anytime soon. Here's Mitch McConnell earlier this summer talking about how he's going to cancel the August recess. Well, good afternoon, everyone. As you may have heard, uh, I've canceled the August recess. We have a lot of important work uh, to do as a result of unprecedented obstruction. For example, we've had 100 cloture votes in the first uh, two years of this president, only 24 cloture votes in the first two years of the last six presidents on nominations. Nancy, what do you think? Do you think things are going to slow down anytime soon? Well, when you have the arrival of a Supreme Court nominee, that certainly will take a lot of time at the Judiciary Committee to process, and then on the floor you'll see hearings and so on. But Senator Cornyn, the top deputy for Senator McConnell, said yesterday that they're going to continue to go full speed ahead on other judges, and in large part, the uh, canceling of the August recess in in the Senate uh, was planned in order to process more judges. And Cornyn also said that Um, echoing McConnell, they will keep pushing them through the end of the year. And McConnell has said he'll keep people here till the uh, eve of New Year's, New Year's Eve, in order to get these judges done. And is the concern here that um, the Senate might flip in the midterm elections? Is that why we're seeing this um, end of the year push? That's definitely a reason, because McConnell isn't taking it all for granted. He has a very slim majority. Right now, he's working with one extra vote. Um, But overall, things are going pretty well for him because Democrats have far more seats to defend in the midterm election than Republicans. But McConnell doesn't want to take it all for granted. He wants to get these judges done when he's assured that he has the majority. 
And it's not only um, just staying through uh, planned recesses, but we also see some other changes in the judicial confirmation process. Is that right? Um, Do you mean in terms of the blue slips and the handling of them on the floor? Exactly. Yeah. Well, first of all, McConnell uh, helped to bottle up a lot of Obama nominees when he was in the minority in that he he didn't make it easy for former Senator Reid, the majority leader, to bring judges to the floor for a vote. So Reid went ahead and forced a change in the Senate rules a few years ago that allowed judges to be confirmed on simple majorities, not Supreme Court nominees, but circuit court judges and district court judges. And once McConnell got into the majority, he was the beneficiary of that rules change. So he's been able to move judges a lot easier than Reed was able to do. And that's one of the factors reflected in the large number of circuit court judges that have been confirmed. Hmm. Patrick, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the fight over what Nancy mentioned, blue slips that's going on? So a blue slip is an approval from a nominee's home state senator. So traditionally, if a home state senator had an objection, they could do this through the blue slip process and the nominee wouldn't make it to a hearing or a vote. And there's been a departure from that under Grassley, although there's some controversy over what the actual tradition has been over the past several years. And do you have any sense, Patrick, about what kind of the long-term effect of these changes, both the changes to how uh, that Nancy described the changes to bringing the vote to the floor and then these blue slips are going to have on judicial confirmations long-term? Well, I think this has been part of a long escalating trend. Nancy mentioned Obama's nominees being blocked. And before that, you had Bush's nominees like Miguel Estrada being blocked. And then you could go all the way back to Robert Bork. So there's just been this escalation. I think the long-term effect is there's just going to be an increasing need for having the same party in the White House and in the Senate in order to get at least controversial or significant nominees confirmed. Hmm. Well, of course, uh, one confirmation battle that we're going to see play out is over President Trump's high court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. And Nancy, I know you wrote about this a little bit recently. Can you tell us about uh, the timing of Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation hearings? The one thing that Republicans at least agree upon is that they want the um, nominee to be confirmed on the Senate floor by late September so that Judge Kavanaugh can join the court for its new term. But after that, there's a little bit of disagreement. Um, Senator Cornyn, the majority whip, said yesterday he expects hearings at the Senate Judiciary Committee to happen in late August and for that nominee to be on the Senate floor mid-September, and I'm thinking that means probably the week of September 17. But Senator Grassley, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, says the Judiciary Committee won't be rushed in its work, and he has not said publicly that he agrees with hearings in late August. He says they've got 12 years and more than 300 of Kavanaugh's writings um, to explore, as well as his academic writings. Um, And so he hasn't said that he agrees with that timeline yet, but we're looking to see what he says about that before the Senate leaves this week. Now, is there anything that Democrats can do um, to either block the the Kavanaugh confirmation from happening or at least slow it down? 
Well, I don't believe that there's much that they can do to actually block it unless there is some significant development that happens between now and the end of September. But they can try to slow it down on the floor by using Senate rules and also in committee um, demanding more time to examine um, the judge's writings and his speeches and so on. But it is a heavy lift. Hmm. Now, we've, we've already gotten a, a bit of a preview about how Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing is going to go to, um, and it looks like it's going to be pretty rocky, but we've seen some other uh, rocky confirmation battles. Isn't that right, Patrick? Well, we've seen several withdrawals, including at the very last minute, the withdrawal of Ryan Bounds, a Ninth Circuit nominee. He came under some scrutiny during his confirmation hearing for college writings that criticized diversity. And Tim Scott, the Republican senator who is African-American, brought up uh, some concerns that he had that were not answered by the time of the vote. Um, Republican Senator Roy Blunt also called the writings racially insensitive. You also had Chuck Grassley encouraging Trump to withdraw a couple of district court nominees, Brett Talley and Jeff Mateer. Talley had failed to disclose some controversial message board posts, and Jeff Mateer had the infamous quote where he described transgender children as being part of Satan's plan. Then you also had another nominee, Matthew Peterson, who withdrew after he couldn't answer basic legal questions from John Kennedy, a Republican senator. Now, Nancy and Patrick, you both have been following these confirmation battles so closely for us here at Bloomberg. Can either of you share some of the some of the most memorable moments that you've seen under the Trump administration? I'll go ahead. So one of the memorable moments for me was seeing a confirmation hearing of former Texas Supreme Court Justice Don Willett, who was nominated to the Fifth Circuit and eventually confirmed. He is a huge Twitter celebrity. So at the hearing, he was there with his kids, and it was kind of like a paparazzi moment for his fans with their phones taking pictures. But it ended up being a surprisingly tough hearing where he was questioned about a memo he participated in working in the Texas governor's office questioning claims about women and glass ceilings. Uh, what, ab- what about you, Nancy? Have, it, have any really stuck out to you? It isn't a particular nominee, but the way that the blue slip uh, rule has been kind of pushed aside a bit in this Congress over the objections of home state senators, because tradition is very important in the Senate and deference to senators, especially over issues affecting their states. So I think that's one of the most interesting developments that I've been watching. Well, that's right, Nancy. Actually, we saw uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein pretty worked up over the change in blue slips. Here she is during a Judiciary Committee conference uh, talking to Chairman Grassley about it. Today, I need to say the following. As each member of the Senate recognizes, the states we represent are diverse. The blue slip was instituted to ensure that those nominated for lifetime appointments reflect our home state's particular needs as well as the legal bar in our communities. What's more, the blue slip encourages meaningful collaboration and consultation between the White House and the state's senators. All Senate Republicans wrote a letter in March 2009, just two months into the Obama administration, which stated, and I quote, if we are not consulted on and approve of a nominee from our states, 
the Republican conference will be unable to support moving forward on that nominee, end quote. Well, uh, Patrick and Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Before we wrap up, though, Patrick, can you give us a sense of what's ahead uh, for judicial nominees? Are there, I think you mentioned at the top, that there are still a lot of vacancies to fill. Still many vacancies. I believe we're at 13 appellate court vacancies with six nominees pending for those. On the district court level, we've still got about 130 vacancies with 75 nominees pending. And you also have, of those 130, uh, 75 judicial emergencies, which are classified when a, a given judgeship just has so many filings that it's classified to deal with that is classified as an emergency. Well, that sounds like a lot of work, not only for the Senate, but for both of you too. So we'll let you get back to it. Thanks so much for joining and thanks for everybody for listening. You can follow along with all the latest confirmations at Bloomberg Law and Bloomberg Government. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.